Welcome to Teach Me Sentai, a podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm Natalie Bridgman. And I'm John McDonough. And you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai. John, what are we doing today? We are, after our brief little Sentai break, back to the Jutsu area of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This is episodes 49 through 52. We're getting there. We're almost done with this season, and we'll have a little announcement at the end of the show so we know for that about season two but before that we have to talk about these and these are good ones these are good ones so yeah i mean i you know who tommy is probably if you're at this point in the podcast with us but like brief previously okay tommy oliver was at one point the sixth green ranger he had to surrender his power coin and powers to jason i think (laughs) kind of vibes all of them so as to prevent the green candle sucking his power away and returning it to rita repulsa since then he has been largely absent from our screens yeah why am i bringing this up well let's find out because he's gonna be here anyway let's get into these recaps let's do it Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1, Episode 49, Return of an Old Friend, Part 1. It's Parents' Day, which is at the juice bar for some reason. Trini and Jason's dad's arm wrestle. Skull is a videotaping. Bulk's parents crash into the youth center with their car and end up covered in cake. Kimberly's divorced parents show up. Rita finally realizes that the parents are important to the rangers and sends Finster's Drammel monster to kidnap them. Trini goes to find Kimberly, who doesn't want to go inside because her parents are divorced. Trini tells her things are chill, and they head inside, but they're attacked by the putties. Alpha tells Jason and Zack to head outside to help. Drammel drills through the youth center and somehow teleports everyone inside the dark dimension. Billy arrives to the empty room, somehow not seeing the others fighting outside, and Rita decides to launch a second simultaneous plan. She'll put Billy under her spell so he can steal back the dragon dagger. The Drammel releases his hypnotic gas to put the scheme in motion. Satisfied, Rita calls off the putties. She commands Billy to get the dragon dagger and teleports him to the command center. Billy takes a vital part out of Alpha, magically summons the dragon dagger, and teleports away. The others head inside to discover their missing parents. Zordon summons them for an update. He tells them he thinks their parents are safe for now, and Trini restores Alpha. And Zordon tells them that they need to get the dragon dagger back from the dark dimension, which is not where their parents are after all, apparently. They morph and teleport in, which was a hard thing to accomplish previously, and fight more putties, and also Goldar, who grabs the dragon dagger and teleports away. Goldar pivots back to the original plan and demands the rangers give up their power coins to save their parents. They have until an hourglass runs out to figure something out. Billy morphs and they head to the city where Goldar summons the Dragonzord himself. The rangers very slowly summon the Dinozords and form the Megazord. The Dragonzord has the upper hand, I guess, so they almost instantly jump out of the Megazord and give up. The time is almost up, which is what happens when you very slowly summon your Megazord. And Zordon leaves the choice to the rangers. They take Goldar's deal and give up their power coins. But Billy has guilt. Goldar reneges on the deal because he's going to destroy the world anyway, which was very predictable. Zordon teleports them to the command center where Zordon has pulled up the image of their parents in the dark dimension so they can at least confirm that they are alive. Jason has one last gambit. They gave Goldar their five power coins, but they still have one more. And guess who just walked into the youth center? It's Tommy. 
to be continued. Episode 50, Return of an Old Friend, Part 2. Okay, so before anything, Zordon thinks they need Tommy, so Alpha teleports him in. Rita doesn't love it, but isn't worried either. Jason gives Tommy his power coin back, which is useless since he gave up his powers, but Zordon has a solution. He's going to infuse Tommy with his own energy, which is apparently risky, but Tommy is down for it. Goldar summons the Dragon Sword to destroy the city. Luckily, Zordon's plan works, and Tommy morphs! He teleports to the Goldar's location to fight him. Goldar brings out potties for backup. Tommy needs more powers. Zordon offers a little more, putting him at risk. But this is the boost Tommy needs to take down his foes. He recovers the Dragon Dagger and regains control of his Zord. Goldar and Scorpina jump into a fight against the Zord. They're too strong for him. Zordon is running out of energy and disappears, so they're going to have to pull Tommy back. But then Goldar and Scorpina teleport away because the power coins are guarded only by a force field, but then Tommy grabs them before teleporting back to the command center. There is no order I could have put that in that would make it make sense. Sorry. TLDR, Tommy and Zordon are in trouble, but they have recovered the power coins. Alpha has a plan. If the rangers use their power coins, they could transfer their energy back to Zordon, and it works. Rita thinks it's time to send the Dremel out to attack. Luckily, Zordon tells them that once he's destroyed, it'll free their parents. It's morphin' time. Dremel uses his hypnotic powers on everyone but Kimberly. Uh-oh. But then Tommy's body becomes electrically charged. The energy from the force field Tommy had to break through to get the power coins has restored his powers. He morphs and goes to help his allies and frees them from the mind control. Rita makes the Dremel giant. They bring out the Zords, Mega, and Dragon. They get hit by a strong attack, but Dragon Sword can recover quickly and buy the others some time. They bring out the Ultra Sword to destroy the Dremel. The Ranger's parents are free and have no memories, and Tommy's powers are back, at least temporarily. Huzzah! They return to the Youth Center and are reunited with their parents, even Kimberly, who introduces her divorced parents to Tommy. Bulk and Skull start a food fight. Episode 51, Grumblebee. Billy got a B, his first ever, and it's a bad time for his confidence to be shaken. Tomorrow is the final test for the Young Scientists of America Club. Bulk and Skull decide to taunt him, and maybe he deserves it after that flea collar thing. This all gives Rita an idea. Time for the Grumble Bee monster. Billy refuses to go play basketball with the others, so Trini stays behind to help. She tells us B facts, which apparently were on the test. Goldar and the putties attack the basketball-playing rangers and tie them up with some magic rope. Zordon tries to call them, but they can't even answer because of the rope. Luckily, Zordon finds them with the viewing globe and calls Billy and Trini for the rescue. Unfortunately, there's no time to help the others because the Grumblebee has already attacked. They morph and head to fight the bee. Unfortunately, Billy gets hit by the bee's venom and is all messed up. Trini can't possibly handle this on her own. They flee. They return to the command center and decide to try to free the others. They teleport there, but they can't free them. Then Zordon says, actually, no, they need to go fight the Grumblebee again. So they go back into the fight. It's still not going great, and Billy is trapped by the bee's venom. Alpha is able to free the others with plot powers, and they join the fight, so Grumblebee calls in putties as reinforcements. They fight those off, but the bee hits the other four with an attack that debilitates them. Luckily, Billy thinks it will wear off shortly, since the venom did. Not a great monster. Alpha finishes another plot device and sends the special weapon to Billy. He sprays the special spray on the bee, which gives Jason the opportunity to hit it with his sword. Rita decides it's time to make her monster giant, and that means Megazord. The bee's attacks are overwhelming the mecha, but Billy is determined to keep trying. They bring out the power sword. The bee is weak to swords, so the fight ends quickly. Tommy returns from his karate match, and Billy got an A+, so he will be accepted into the Young Scientist Club. 
They see Bulk and Skull studying. They try to help to avoid having to tutor them in the summer. Episode 52, Two Heads Are Better Than One. Jason and Tommy are teaching a self-defense class for women, and it feels like all the moms want to have sex with them. It's weird. Kimberly and Trini help demonstrate the buddy system. When Tommy says two heads are better than one, Rita takes that literally, and asks for a monster with two heads so it'll be twice as smart. Bulk and Skull show up late for their self-defense class, where they were trying to meet some MILFs. Tommy and Jason tell them to attend the next class so they can physically humiliate them. Also, Ernie is trying out new exotic fruit shakes. They head to the park to practice some moves so they can show the ladies in their next class, and Rita sends her parrot monster to attack them. They morph. Apparently the monster's two heads make it even stronger. It's kicking their butt. So Tommy convinces Jason to run away. Everyone is teleported to the command center where Zordon briefs them on the monster. They decide to distract it with its favorite fruit, pamangos. Tommy heads out to search for some in the fruit trees in Angel Grove Park. The two-headed parrot and some putty show up to ambush him. So the others morph and head to the park to hold them off. Tommy finds a pomango tree, so Goldar sends more putties to that location to destroy the fruit. They overwhelm them and steal the pomangos. The other rangers have their back against the wall, but Tommy has an idea. He goes to the juice bar and gets Ernie to hand over his last pomango with lies about Kimberly's new parrot. He heads to the fight and throws the pomango at the monster. The two heads begin arguing over who should eat the fruit. They get some big hits in, so Rita makes the monster grow. They call it the Megazord and the Dragonzord. Fight, fight, fight. Form Ultrazord. Win, fight. Ernie gives Kim another pomango for her parrot of lies, further threatening his business, and Bulk and Skull show up to the MILF class and get beat up by the moms. Woo! <laughs> Is this episode going to be called MILF class? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the MILFs immediately, but we have to get to it. I know, we have to wait. That's the real thing. Don't wait for the announcement at the end of this episode. Wait for us to talk about yeah. this. These episodes, to me, are such a like perfect encapsulation of this YouTube era for the following reasons. There is, the plot is is just, like, absolute zigzag bananagrams. <laughs> like, there is no logic to be found here. Abandon logic to the wind. But inside of that, a lot of fun scenes. Yeah, a lot of goofy, fun, hijinks things. I guess. It's very interesting to watch them, like, try to fold this new footage in. In, in a way, I feel like it's actually harder for them, which is weird. Yeah. But, hey, you know what? They're doing their best. And in the meantime, they finally let us meet all of the Rangers' parents. Yeah, that was actually really cool. That was my favorite part. of just, like, I love a good, uh, look, their parents look exactly like them thing in a show. I yeah. love that. All the parents are color-coded, yeah. which is great. Jason's dad is, like, absolutely stacked. He's huge. Trini's parents are, like, nerds. Yeah. I don't remember what Billy's parents are like. Maybe they're not there. His I don't dad remember. is there, but, like, he's like, you know how he is, like, with Billy being late. But it, I don't think we see his mom. Yeah. Yeah, it's all color-coded and fun and chill, and it's cute. And I can't believe that it took Rita this much time to realize that their parents were important <laughs> to them. I know. It's been, like, so long. It's been, like, basically a year at this point. Of them having these powers. And she's like, oh yeah, they have families. I should be targeting the families. Yeah, Rita <laughs> gets inspiration from very strange places in this episode. Yeah, Skull's parents are great. Mm-hmm. They're like punks. I'm obsessed with them. Bulk's parents. Bulk's mom is like upsetting. Yeah. It's just a fat woman to throw yeah, cake on. But... Power Oof. Rangers. It's not fun because like, I also noticed the way that they threw the cake. Like the majority of it landed on Bulk and Bulk's mom and like not Bulk's dad. Bulk's dad, who is yeah. Ben. Yeah. It's just like, okay. I, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's, Gross. This show. This show. This episode also starts a thing that I think is the real pattern of all these episodes, which is like, 
plans within plans. Mm. Like Rita will be doing one thing and then stop to do a different thing and then go back to doing the first thing. And that happens like six times I, in these episodes. I think it's the Adderall shortage, you know? I think yeah, it's related. It, it, it's traveled back through time. <laughs> yeah. Rita is not controlling her her ADHD, no. which is understandable. And everyone's just going along yeah. for the ride. These are, yeah, these are weird episodes. Like, let's just be honest about it. They're They're kind of weird. They're fun. But they're weird. Also, one thing I had to note, because of course I did, Kimberly's mom's boyfriend, very handsome. Oh, yeah. Like, very... Kimberly's parents, like, it's so funny. It's just like, we always discover fun things from the 90s in these episodes that felt like the biggest deal. And I feel like divorced yes. parents were one of those things. Yeah. The whole, like, negotiating of, like, weekends and stuff. That was always something that, like, there had to be an episode about of some cartoon. Like, so people understood yeah. that kids have custody arrangements <laughs> yeah i mean i think the 90s were really the like first era where divorce was both like legal and widely available and a lot of divorced people had young children yeah. like that you started to see it to the level that like it was frequent and that in a show like this you would want to represent the experience of the child of divorce right and it wasn't like dad walked out and we never saw him again it was literally like no these parents just don't like they don't work together in a relationship anymore so yes yes i remember when we read the boom comic they did some cool stuff in go go power rangers with kimberly's parents divorce that i really liked but in this episode i find it a little like brushing against very special episode Mm -hmm. kimberly is so like oh my parents are divorced and i don't want to see them fight each other and like actually it's all totally fine because there's no time for that but yeah yeah there's not even time for them to like have a conversation really also just the meta narrative like the fact that kimberly's mom has like a a partner already but like Kimberly's dad does it It just kind of like shows you just kind of tells you where people are in that separation anyway yeah and it doesn't feel like it's been that long so I mean maybe Kimberly's mom was up to something before maybe she was he also seems younger there are a bunch of giant blocks that seem to only be there for fight choreography what are they (laughs) i don't know i don't know they're kind of like the the giant balls that are in front of a target they are weird it's very weird or billy walks right by this fight outside this just just all vibes plan within a plan she's gonna kidnap the parent there's this great moment goldar has a lot of really dumb lines Mm -hmm. in these episodes and this is our first where rita's like and then they'll have to surrender and goldar goes and i'll accept the surrender or maybe it's the other way around and it's goldar and rita i don't remember but like it's so silly there's so much wild dialogue in this episode when she's hypnotizing billy rita goes and i am the power you will answer to with that cadence yeah. is so silly. It's like they're relearning how to like match lips this episode. It's kind of weird. They're trying to answer our note where we felt like Rita was disappearing. And unfortunately, they've shown me why Rita needed yeah, it's to like, disappear. Yeah, this isn't working. Never mind. Go back to what you were doing. It's so true. Kimberly finds her mother's scarf, which is pink. So that's how she knows. <laughs> My favorite thing about this parent disappearing plan is that like literally 10 episodes, Rita disappeared every single person in Angel Grove. Yeah, but it's not as bad because like they know these people. Yeah, I, well, like presumably their parents were amongst those disappeared people. They didn't ever mention that specifically. It's just like you're actually rerunning an old scheme here, Rita. I guess like the targeted nature of like it being their parents specifically she's like really banking on that being like paralyzing whereas like yeah i disappeared every single person in angel grove like that you can kind of like compartmentalize but to to be like my parents specifically are in peril and i know this actively like that 
I guess. But also, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's all very silly. And then Billy being hypnotized in the dark dimension, she's like, oh, they're coming to the dark dimension, but then they go to the dark dimension and their parents aren't there, and then they leave and then their parents... It's yeah. so, like, it's all vibes. Logic has no place here. Right. Also, I guess Ernie is trying to make money by, like, renting out private events. We have to assume this. Like, it seems like a school function. In fact, there's, like, a scene where Kaplan, I think or Miss Appleby is like specifically to Skull, like his bulk and his parents yeah. coming, like we need to have a talk with them is the implication. And it's so, it seems like this is a school event just being hosted at the youth center. Maybe the youth center is public, but the juice bar is a private business. I don't know, man. I don't understand it. I'll never understand. No one will ever understand. It doesn't no. make sense. So we get when we get into like the fight part of this episode, I I don't want to say like breaks down, but it's not great. We see a lot of American produced footage of both Goldar and then later Tommy playing the dragon dagger flute. And they both do it really stupidly. It's not good. It's not good. Also, I think this is the first time I noticed that American Goldar has like a much scarier mask sometimes. Oh, I really haven't noticed. I, I, I remember feeling like American Goldar was supposed to be scarier and Japanese Goldar is like kind of silly yeah, in a yeah. fun way i like japanese skull or griffizar but but yeah it they they like hold the flute on either which has always been kind of silly that there are like keys seemingly yeah. down the blade of the dagger that green ranger never holds it from in the japanese right. footage but goldar holds it from there and then the next episode in an american produced shot of the green ranger playing the dragon flute he also holds it from the blade and it looks deeply dumb yeah it like it doesn't look nearly as clean, and it's like, I guess you guys have never actually seen the Japanese footage of how this is done, I guess. Yeah, it's like no one pulled it up and showed it to them. <laughs> Seems like a pretty easy thing yeah, to do. Like just any clip, well, anyone. But I guess it was much harder to get clips back then. I just have to assume, like, that we've totally lost that, like, how difficult that was with, like, the advent of digital yeah. footage. But anyway. Yeah, maybe I'm not being Yeah, fair. I don't know. There is just, like... A deeply, deeply extended Megazord summon God, sequence, so which long. is so funny when they're running out of time. We do, throughout these four episodes, get new Megazord formation footage. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's interesting. But also, why are we doing that? <laughs> it seems like a weird thing to produce. We have new shots of the Zords, yeah. often, like some from above, that actually look pretty good. There's this great shot of the Pterodactyl kind of doing this like uh, barrel yeah. roll. Which is, it's cool, it's a good shot. But there's there's a new shot of the Megazord specifically, this one they think they use in all four episodes, changing from tank mode to battle yeah. mode, where it's from the side as a profile, you like see him stand up. It's pretty great. The one thing that doesn't make sense is the pterodactyl is not part of tank mode. That's like the last part is that the pterodactyl comes down, the head goes out, but in this thing, it's already there. Whatever. Not going to be continuity police in this episode <laughs> because there is none. But it's a cool shot. I did at least, like, at least if we're going to be suffering through very long Megazord summoning sequences in every episode, yeah. which we yes. are, I am glad they're at least mixing it up. Yeah, I mean, I'll give them that. You know me, known Zord fight hater. But I'm always just like, just get to it. Like, just get to the fight and then we'll get our little emotional sting at the end. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and the Zord fights are never interesting and barely as long as the time it takes to bring the Megazord yeah. out. Like when they're, even when they're bringing the Dragonzord back out, which we haven't seen in a few episodes, because despite the fact that they could theoretically summon it, they haven't been. It's like in and out of the water. We're seeing so many shots. It's very silly. And yeah, weird. I mean, I will say like when, because we're skipping kind of ahead, but seeing the Dragonzord again, at least was like refreshing, but very yeah, quickly, something very new. quickly that like became stale again so i don't know so then they decide to go along with goldar's plan they're gonna surrender their power coins yeah 
I felt like Goldar even like practically says to them to me that like, no, I'm going to take these and still kill everyone. It was like the weirdest choice to me. Yeah, I don't understand like why it's even like a choice. Like he's going to do it. He's a villain. He's a villain. Right. There's literally no reason to trust him. You haven't even figured out where your parents are at this point. But they give him the power coins and he puts them in his little power coin chest. And now he has the power coins in the dragon okay. dagger. And that's very dangerous. <laughs> so the thing about the power coin chest, I don't know. I was just kind of losing it because they're each one. of the, It's very dramatic because each one of them powers down, demorphs, and then hands their coin and puts it into the box themselves. Okay. Right. And in the beginning of that sequence, they're all like equally spacing out these coins. But the box is kind of too small for what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like big H happy yeah, birthday John yeah, Mulaney joke. Pretty much. And then because then the last two, they kind of have to like overlap each other. They didn't really want to do that. You could tell they didn't really want to do that. And there was yeah. like a cut where like it looked like one of them went back in to readjust the coin. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It was very funny. Like, and I mean, they're all doing their best. The shot is silly because they're all like demorphing as they yeah. do it. It like... The suit on Trini is baggy. It, it's it's just a really silly moment that also feels like, why why is this even happening? And then Billy feels so guilty. And it's like, I mean, you just got magically hypnotized. Like, it feels like this is really the command center's yeah. problem more than Billy's. Yeah, like, why didn't, why wasn't Zordon able to intervene? Why wasn't, uh, constant question. What the hell, Zordon? <laughs> what the hell, Zordon, is a constant question. I am deeply exhausted with Goldar, the main villain. Yeah. Like, He's so boring. <laughs> yeah, he's just like so one-dimensional. It's gross. He's arch. He's uninteresting. He's not funny. He His voice is starting to get to yeah. me. I am desperate for a new villain. Well, I'm waiting for Goldar's transition into like goofy, into like he's incompetent as well. As yeah. am I. That'll be nice. That'll be nice. But you know what? He got five power coins, but Goldar somehow forgot they had a sixth, I guess. <laughs> and the way they do this, where Jason's like, he didn't think about this. And then we cut two footsteps walking across the center floor. Like, we don't so know what it is. He's wearing, like, green pants. It's so good. And then it pans up, and it's Tommy. And there's this, like, great go, go, great major sting. <laughs> and it's so good. It's- so good and like tommy looks so good you're just so excited to see him you're just like yes yeah after several minutes of me being like what is happening in the plot of this episode that happened i'm like you got me back (laughs) you got me back yes it's like all is forgiven because tommy's coming back and i think that's literally how power rangers functioned for like a decade (laughs) yeah i mean truly it's just like hey you know what this episode's not gonna be great but tommy's gonna be in it and like I'm sure kids around the country collectively, like, lost their minds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could imagine that being... Could you imagine being in school at, like, school on Monday, that Monday after that episode premiered? Like, and you're a big Power Ranger fan? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy! Talk about water cooler television. Yeah. Appointment TV. Oh, <laughs> but then we are, I think, into the 50th episode, Return of an Old Friend Part 2. Let's get into the action. The first thing I have to say about this episode may have also been true about Part 1, but I didn't notice. It's directed by someone named Worth Keeter, which I think is a funny oh, name. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but that is a funny name. It's, like, such a, like, specific name. Anyway... This episode also doesn't make any plot sense, but it does have the Green Ranger, which makes it just instantly Instantly. cooler. (laughs) Okay, so this, I had, like, a lot of questions about this. Uh, Sure. But, like, not, like, there's no answers, right? Are Tommy and Kimberly dating? Are they in contact in any way? Do, are they friends? I don't know. 
I think we have to solve this answer on our own. And here's my answer. Okay. I think they tried it. I think it was weird because she was still a Power Ranger and he uh-huh. wasn't. I think they kind of broke up. I think because of that, or like, I think it was less a breakup, but more like a false start. Yeah. Like they couldn't really get off the ground. And because of that, they've, they're sort of keeping their distance mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now. And like the others, I think are kind of caught in between it. But also Tommy, as we'll see in the next episode, is still a very busy boy. So I think like, it's sort of been easy for them all, but I think things are like a little awkward. I don't think anyone's hanging out yeah. that much. Yeah. Because it was just so confusing to me. It's like, for, well, why is he at parents' night without his parents? Were they there? We don't get to see. I think Tommy's parents also, he has a single mother. Right. I don't know if that was a creation of the Boom Studios comic book or if that's in the show later on, but we, we do not see it. We don't see it. it at all. So it just kind of looks like he shows up to the juice bar and, he, and then he's like, where is everybody? Because there is absolutely no one there. So that would be weird. But his parents weren't kidnapped unless they were in the background and no one was talking because, to them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. There was just some it's like, I'm happy he's there. But also, let's just think about this for a second. What the hell? This is our first time watching Tommy, I think, post Jason David Rink's death. Correct? It is. Which 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 I mean, we he was in a little cameo in right. the episode 40. But but yeah, and it's like, ah, what a loss. Mm-hmm. Like you get you get so deeply like why he was so good at exactly this thing. Like, even there's a lot of footage in this episode that is American-produced suit yeah. fighting with Jason David Frank, I presume, in yeah. the suit. I, he moves like him. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, he's so good. He's so good at this, like, action posy fun. Like, it's... I get why he was so beloved to the franchise. I get why he remained so beloved to the franchise. And just, like... I also, in a way, get that... It was probably hard for him to reach a point in his life and his body where he just couldn't do that in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was always so, like, literally pitch perfect for this role, this character, this universe. Yeah. He was never the most talented actor. But, like, some of the talented actors end up feeling weird because they're trying to do acting. Like, you know I love Amy Jo Johnson. But, like, sometimes it's like, Amy Jo Johnson, you are trying too hard for what the scenes can support. But, no, Jason David Frank was just, like, so perfectly attuned for what this series right it was just like that was his default mode really and it worked perfectly and so yeah i could definitely imagine that that would be hard to kind of grow out of unfortunately like involuntarily yeah it's a young man's game and like it's just tough in this episode there's more weird villain lines at one point Mm -hmm. babu goes brilliant brilliant for some reason it's so weird there's also some interesting, like, lore questions to me. What do you mean? Specifically, I thought the power coin was the source of the powers. But apparently the power coin and the powers themselves are different. Because even though they have Tommy's power coin, he can't take it and use it. I thought he, like, tra- it's just like, are the are the power coins somehow, like, encoded with stuff? And, like, why can't they just shift the Green Ranger powers back from Jason to Tommy it's very confusing to me. I assumed that the Green Ranger power coin was made differently. And so mm. when they basically when they stripped it, when the, when they were like, here, Jason, you take the powers, like the power coin itself became kind of inert. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. That makes sense. So they still have it, but like it's not energized. So then they have to re-energize it using Zordon's connection existence question mark within the Morgan yeah. grid. Yeah. Which I suppose makes sense. Either way, he gets morphed, and I'm like, yep, here he is with his dumb foam oh, dragon so shield, and I'm still happy to see him. <laughs> I was actually, like, so relieved when they got to Japanese footage. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it looks like. 
Oh my god. It does take a yeah. little bit, but it's so much better oh when they god. do. This episode, Zordon's posture as they're deciding to do this is like the funniest thing to me. Like, I think we all know at this point that I love it when Zordon tiptoes into like, you fucking idiots, can you let me do my job territory? <laughs> and like his posture when he's saying he's going to do this plan is like, you guys need to fucking calm down. I am Zordon. I know what I'm doing and we're going to do this yeah. plan. Well, it's like, he's like this weird being and he's the only one who really knows his own limits. So it's like, why is anyone trying to stop him from doing anything? Like he knows. Like, how do you even know this is risky? Maybe this is Tuesday. Yeah. You all don't know anything. You don't know anything about Zordon. Oh, it's God. very silly. The The next sequence where Tommy is recovering to the power coins, like beyond the fact that, again, it's Jason David Frank doing this stunt acting. What a peach. Like, great to watch, but like nonsensical. Yeah. Like every move of this, why is there a force field and the guards and Scorpina going down? And like, I, I feel like this is footage we've seen before. And it, it might be footage that we've seen before. This might be like they had some that they didn't use before. I mean, this is definitely, to me, my impression, just because I don't think they did anything with the Scorpina or maybe even Giant Goldar in G2. Yeah. I could be wrong about that. That, like, anytime we see Giant Goldar or Scorpina, that is probably footage we've already at least seen in G-Ranger. If not, they've already used in Power Rangers and are hoping we won't notice, yeah. which, to be honest, like, I don't know how we would. Yeah, it's kind of hard to notice. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes I catch stuff like they used a shot from Doomsday where... They're fighting a sort of Green Ranger thing. I don't remember who they're fighting, but it's a shot where the Megazord falls onto an apartment building, which I remember thinking was very graphic in oh, Doomsday. Yeah. And then I remember they, d- or we're thinking very graphic in the G-Ranger finale because like, gosh, it's a lot of death. And then in Doomsday, they used the same shot, but they told us that no one was in the building, but then they used it again. So like that one yeah, I recognized yeah. only because I'd had that specific memory, but like, I'm sure this is stuff we've seen. Yeah, before. I think a lot of it is, especially with the Dragon Sword, it would have to be because... I'm sure there was like very, well, that's not true. Cause I know some of, I'm like not finishing any of my sentences. I know that the Green Raider footage that we get in the episodes that follow this one, a lot of that is new. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything where we're looking at a new monster yeah. is new, but I think that's all they produced. Anyway, he has to reach through a force field, a plot, a plot force field, yeah. a force field that I guess is energized by the morphing grid. Like, how does any of this work? It doesn't matter. He gets his power back. When Zordon is restored by the power coins, Alpha gets emotional and Trini goes, you'll rust. And I'm like, does Alpha have tear ducts? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, if he does, like, what kind of robot freaks design that guy? Uh, well, some aliens, definitely. Eltar, yeah. it's a messed up place. It is. It's also very clear to me that the Dramel monster and the footage we get from it was not intended to be Tommy's great return oh, to no. the show. Nope. Because there's all these, like, I want to call them plot elements mm-hmm. baked into the Dramel footage. Specifically, whenever he fights, he keeps summoning this storm that, like, they show it, they always focus on it, which is clearly supposed to be some a- aspect of his powers, but they just don't touch. So we just get all these shots of, like, oh, the storm getting bigger or worse, or it's. it's a very strange fight once we get to the actual Yeah, and, fight. like, it just really results in, like, a weird coloration over the scene for no reason. But, like, it had a reason. We just, they didn't use it, you know? Yeah, and it's clear that they were trying to build them in this, like, green pink ranger yeah. thing. Because everyone else gets hypnotized and turns on the pink ranger and then Tommy comes to her defense. But, like, it's, and when they all get turned, they're all doing very silly voices and... I love it. It's so good. But yeah, it's just so clear that like, this is not what they intended for you to do with this. And so you're really like, that's why there's so much reused footage, so much American produced footage. They were like, we got to bring Tommy back maybe sooner than we thought. Or like, we got to bring Tommy back somehow in our plot. And this is what they came up with. 
Yeah. Toei was like, it's not actually our problem how you want to restore this character, so good luck. <laughs> Figure it out. Also, I'm just going to take issue with the name Drannel Monster altogether. Is is it a is it like drill? Mo- I don't understand. What I it's think it's to be. a reference to like a Dremel. What is a Dremel? Like a, dr- okay. <laughs> a Dremel is like a branded tool that you can use to like sand things. Um, or if Weird. you are a dog owner, you may have one to sand your dog's nails because that's easier than clipping. Or it can wow. be. I don't know. Sometimes the dogs don't like the sound of the Dremel point is it's like a sanding tool and the dremel is actually the brand of it but people it's like kleenex in that way yeah like maybe they make drills too and something i don't know it's like it, know. It, it's a weird monster it's not a particularly no, cool looking or memorable monster it has hypnotic gas and teleporting parents to dark dimension powers it's not in very much of these two episodes despite the fact that we hear this very fierce but here it is in the megazord fight they are fighting in the megazord and dragon sword mm-hmm. and then there is a moment where they switch to what they refer to as the Mega Dragonzord. Right. Its name has shifting again. But this is the one that is Dragonzord, Sabertooth Tiger, Mastodon, Triceratops. Right. Right? But then, like, almost instantly, they switch to the Ultra Zord, which is based around the original Mega right. Zord. So it's just like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a lot of Zord shuffling very quickly. But hey, Titanus is back. Love to see that guy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Titanus. I forgot about him. They have a new shot for Titanus coming into fights yeah. too, where he like burst through this like wall I of like rubble it. and it's really great. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's good. I like when he's active, you know, and not just like a giant car. Yes. I will say, I don't know if it's lighting that or angles, but like a lot of the individual Zord shots where like of the Zords that are not people in suits in any way mm-hmm. do look a little better. Like it feels like they... They've made them look at least like one degree less like we put this toy on a table and then like pushed it forward a little bit. A little bit. It, not no, great, but, but better. better. Yeah. Um, it really like showed off after watching Lupin and Patra last yeah. episode. Like, this is why you moved to computer generated sorts. Yeah. So you can just kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Tommy is back. He's back. He is. The Green Ranger is at least temporarily, we hear, restored to power. All the parents are fine. Kimberly decides now that he's a ranger again, she wants to right. date him again, so she'll introduce him to her divorced parents. <laughs> Remember their divorce. And then there's a food fight. Which I like that. I like seeing the adults be all goofy. It's funny. It's very 90s. It's like all the hits. Food yeah. fight. Toupee. toupee joke. Miss Appleby at one point like grabs Kaplan's toupee and then smashes a pie, a cream pie on his head. It's yeah. very silly. I feel like they wanted to give Bulk and Skull like a real big moment because Bulk and Skull are not in most of these episodes. They are in the youth center when everyone's teleported yeah. away. So they really, I think, felt like they had to give Bulk and Skull a real like finisher. Mm-hmm. Good episodes. I'm glad Tommy's back. Well, maybe not good. Fun episodes. Uh, I'm just glad he's back. I just yeah, like I'm Tommy. just happy he's back. I feel like it makes more sense when he's around sometimes. Maybe because he is so tonally like correct all the time it like makes it feel good but yeah and it makes things feel a little more complete and we it's time for our break and then let's come back and see how tommy comes back into the fold in a in a you know episode of the week episode yeah Here we are. Episode 51. Surprise. Tommy's not really no, in it. he's not. He's mentioned. <laughs> yeah, he has a karate tournament, and so he's not there. Green Ranger is not in the fight, and 
it made me laugh because it, it's just so clear that they were like, we got to get him back. It doesn't matter that we have another monster's footage. <laughs> she was like, we got to get Tommy the back. The ratings, we need it. Well, and I have to think, I have to look at the air dates. I meant to do that before we recorded. But remember that like Green Ranger sweepstakes commercial that we talked about like episodes and episodes ago? Oh, yeah. I wonder if this was like around the same time that was going on. Yeah. Yeah. They were just trying to get everything good. It's so funny to me. This episode has another one of my favorite 90s tropes, which is that all smart people are scientists. They are. That is what smart people do. There's no way to be a smart historian or an English teacher. It's just like it's when you're smart, you're a scientist. And that's why the smartest people in the class have the opportunity to join the Young Scientist Club, which is very prestigious. But also the smartest people in the class are literally like it's literally billy yeah billy is the only one who seems eligible for this we do at the end of this episode discover that the six smartest people in the class i assume that's like their graduating class are weirdly enough all six rangers despite the fact that some of them have shown little to no interest in being good at school yeah even in this episode kimberly is like i get bees all the time and so it's like if she's in the top six okay how bad is that school rated? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. And I think it's fine, by the way, that Billy... Or Kimberly is correct. Yeah. Bees is not that big of a deal, and it's high school, and who cares? Right. But, like, I assume... How big is Angel Grove High? We'll never know. It, it has to be huge. It has to be, like, a h- huge high school of, like... Two 27 th- to 3,000 students. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think grades are stupid, and so I hate episodes that are, like, about grades, but... It just, when you bring them into the equation, you have to, like, math it out, extrapolate it. Like, if Kimberly, who gets bees all the time, is in the top six, then that whole school is in dire straits. It's bad. And maybe part of the problem is that their English teacher is giving science tests. Ooh, maybe. Maybe. I don't think that's her expertise. No. I don't know why also there's, like, very specific questions about bees on the quiz. Right. And, well, and I was trying to figure out, like, were these tests, like, do you did you do National Merit Scholar? Did you do that in high mm-hmm. school? Was it maybe like Yeah, but that? that's just the PSAT, right? Maybe I'm thinking of a different test. Well, I thought there was like multiple tests that you did. You do PSAT and then you yeah. do like multiple layers of it. Like maybe it's I don't like remember that. all that. I'm not to flex. I'm very good at standardized tests, a skill that doesn't matter. But like they all blurred together to yeah. me in my brain. Well, I just thinking about that, like maybe she's just proctoring this specific young scientist test for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. You can see how they came up with the idea of this episode, and it's hilarious to me. Is that like, well, we have this bee monster, bee. Oh, what if Billy gets a bee? Like, mm-hmm. it's very free association. <laughs> and then, and then, because they just basically then copy that and put it into the episode where Rita's like, Billy got a bee. Let's set a bee monster. <laughs> like, oh my god, it music to my ears. Yeah, it's like, of course, of course. It's all right there. This plan also has layers upon layers, because not only are we sending a bee to ruin Billy's day, we've also created a magic rope to tie up the other rangers. Yeah, which is weird. That rope was just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Not sure where it came from. Not sure why it works. It is glowing. Yeah, true. It appears in time to tie them up and then disappears in time for them to rejoin the fight for seemingly no reason. It's like, I guess they stole that from Wonder Woman. I don't know. Someone was like, I don't, well, shoot, in this footage, it's only Trini and Billy. What, what what, can we do to explain that? Well, maybe they all got tied up. And they're like, all right, first idea, best idea. <laughs> Literally tied up, not not like in traffic or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, they meant they meant metaphorically. And they're like, no, literally. <laughs> literally. Actually, let's get a big glowy rope. Oh, God. In the midst of this, though, Trini, I think, is like really great in this sequence. We hear a two Trini, it's Morphin Times. Yes! I don't know if you've ever heard Trini say it. So cool. And then in the fight when it's her and Billy... 
she's pretty cool. She like scales up this tree. Yeah. She's doing great. I'm remembering like last episode when she took that mantis monster on by herself. It's like, I feel like Trini could maybe actually handle this. Yeah. Like, well, and she's constantly like to Billy. She's like, get up. Like we can do this. And he's like, I'm too overcome. I think like the, the baked in plot of this footage was this idea that the, like the blue ranger is like supernaturally clumsy in the moment now like something happened like suffering against the bees attacks yeah i think is the implication or just they were like billy's an idiot in your version right and they're like no (laughs) No. like but that's kind of what they did but because he like keeps tripping and like kind of slipping and and missing like hits and stuff and it's like okay uh i guess that's just all because he's feeling insecure right now in the text yeah but i guess it's also the bee attack they say on the back end yeah that doesn't actually we don't like quite see it no and then all the bees attacks apparently just like wear off after a little bit so like who cares the middle part of this episode is so funny because it's like they're trapped there's a monster oh no we should go save them zorman says no go fight the monster they go fight the monster they're fighting the monster it's not working they come back and they're like we have to go save the people they go to save the people Zorman's like no you have to go fight the monster (laughs) go to fight the monster it's just like i know it's like padding time nothing's happening alpha's apparently making a magic plot weapon that's like yeah spray oh my god yeah and i don't know we we saw that shot of like jason and kimberly and zach struggling to act like they're tied up together in this magic rope so many times it's like i don't think that was necessary we could have cut that in half i love the part where zordon tries to call them on the communicators and they can't answer (laughs) We're like oh no and then zordon's just like wait 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 I got a magic viewing globe and just like finds them right away. Yeah. It's like, well, that was nothing. I guess he's just like tracking them. It's like an air tag, like their communicators are like air tags. I, I now have to admit that I wrote down in my notes. I think this bee monster should have a fatter ass. Well, you know, you're right. It doesn't have the big bee butt. It also should be a lady if you ask me. I think that's correct. There, this episode is also like full of test and school related puns mm-hmm. like when Koldar is capturing the three he's like giving them all these school puns when when Jason goes into the fight against the bee he goes let's give Rita one of her own lessons which is just nonsensical yeah and that's like not even the phrase like yeah. what the hell? it's really bad but then once they're all in this fight this fight is actually kind of fun to me there's like a lot of cool suit action in this sequence there's in particular one shot where Zach like jumps up and like spread eagles and then wraps Mm -hmm. his leg around this putty's neck. It's so silly, but it's fun to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting fight. Yeah. And then we go into Zord stuff and then that's boring. Yeah. Alpha, when he's making the weapon, when he finishes it, he goes, pasta la pista, baby. And that doesn't even make sense. You're not saying goodbye to anything. You just finished something. You succeeded. What's that? When (laughs) Rita's throwing the thing, I think she said dust storm make the monster giant she did what she did yeah she did for this is the one and only time for whatever reason she's like different mechanism to grow my monster i don't understand like that's a that's a footage and canned dialogue line you should be able to cut and paste they had to record a different dialogue line and it's not even like it's so weird because it if you look at the scene it does kind of look like she says giant like they're matching the lips up yeah but there's like this awkward pause and it's like make my monster giant and it's just like wait what whoa 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 whoa. we've been saying make my monster grow for 50 episodes now it's an iconic catchphrase get with the picture what the hell weird anyway but then tommy does show up after the sword's defeated he comes in and he says something absolutely hilarious to me which is I wish Zordon would have called me. Like, bitch, you wouldn't answer. We've seen you before. You never have your communicator on. It's always in your back. 
there's no way you would have answered. So don't even pretend. <laughs> and they, they're like, no, Tommy, you need to save your energy. And it's like, no, Zordon just knew that he wouldn't pick up. <laughs> it's like, he has a karate tournament today. Yeah, he's not going to pick up. And then there's this very weird bulk and skull tag, which was like, a rich text to me. Yeah. They see Bulk and Skull are studying and they're like, what the hell? And Skull's version of studying, which is so funny and goes for the whole scene and no one comments on it, is that he's like, look, taking his textbook, he like writes things and then rips out the page. It's so funny. I just, and I don't know like what he's doing, but it's incredible. I think Trini says, Skull, stop ripping the books. <laughs> it's so, so good. And then Bulk and Skull are, are apparently studying because Miss Appleby has said that if they don't, get good enough grades they're gonna have to be tutored all summer specifically by the six smartest kids in the grade yeah or whatever and that's and the power rangers realize well no that's us and so they desperately try to help them and it's it's just a classic bulk and skull thing where it's like you could just be nice and help them like you're supposed to be the nice people in this occasion and like they need help you can just help like right ah that they're your friends Well, it's like, it's so weird because it's like, if, if this was like a life or death situation, like they were like saving them from a monster, right? They would do it. Okay. Cause they're power rangers and that's what power rangers do. Okay. Take that and extend it into your daily lives. Like it's not that hard to be a good person. Yeah. Know? It's wild. Weird episode. What are they doing? Ding, 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 ding. It's time to go to the next episode. Woo. And that is our MILF alert. It is oh, it's MILF time. MILF time. <laughs> I can't describe to you the sexual energy being projected at Jason and Tommy by this room full of milfs. I was like immediately uncomfortable. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Same. It's so weird. Like, you may be wondering, like, is that just something John thought would be a funny joke? No. And absolutely, I would have thought that'd be a funny joke. But it's also on the screen. It's literally on the screen. It's these women who are learning self-defense. They're in their 40s-ish. I don't know. I don't know ages of people. They're all moms is the point. <laughs> And they're all moms who want a piece of Jason and, and Tommy. Tommy. That's they, the way they're there. The other beats of the story are like totally chill as far as like, and then it's like, oh, you should use the buddy system. And even like that, going to read it being like, I want to watch this twice as smart. And I'm not even mad about it. Yeah. I love that Finster, that freak was like, oh, you want a two-headed monster? One head on his head, one head on his stomach. That's the only way I know how to do it. Love it. <laughs> no notes. Yeah. But the way we get into it is just so uncomfortable. And then Bulk and Skull show up and are like, we wanted it to be in the women's health defense class to meet babes. Yeah. The implication being they thought they were younger for some reason. But I like to imagine that they just wanted to meet some hot MILFs in their area. <laughs> I mean, either way, like, okay, literally the first note that I've written for this episode is Jason and Tobby teach cougars self-defense. Like, that's the f- <laughs> <laughs> The vibes are rancid. It's not good. Ernie needs to step in, but he's too busy making fake exotic fruits. For some reason, <laughs> they decided that the parrot's favorite fruit should be a fruit that does not exist. It is entirely made up. I, a pomango <laughs> is not real. If you heard us say it over and over in the synopsis and thought, is that a thing? No, it's not. It's not a thing. I also Googled it just to be sure. <laughs> I know. I was like, do I just not know what this is? No, no, it's not a thing. It's allegedly an exotic tropical fruit that grows in Angel Grove Park, which like, my God, now we're back into the land of where the hell is Angel Grove. <laughs> but it, it's like palmetto and a mango together. 
That's my thought. Yes. That's being put in a shake because it's really good for you. Yeah, it's very good. They're so good. Amazing. That's what everyone says about these new shakes. Maybe things will turn around for Ernie. I don't know. Well, not <laughs> if he keeps giving his pomangos away for fake parrots. Probably not. I do love that they solve this problem with lies. I think there should be more episodes where the rangers solve their problem with lies. Well, I mean, they're lying constantly. So it makes sense because they're just like, oh, I got to go. Oh, I can't go. I have to be at a thing. And it's like they have to go be a Power Ranger. So like. Lying is part of being a Power Ranger. It truly is. This episode has a lot of Japanese Green Ranger footage and ooh, so delicious. Like there's there's good footage of Jason and Tommy fighting together. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, Jason is like being a real hothead in this episode and it's like kind of paid off, but it's like nothing and it doesn't make sense for his character, but it's there. Yeah, it just kind of reads as like, why are they making Tommy like the leader again in a weird way? Right, like Tommy was always like drawing focus are stronger, but wasn't necessarily central. But like in this episode, it really feels like Tommy has to corral Jason, which is so not the dynamic. Right. I didn't dig it because it felt really out of character, but like at least it gave something for Austin St. John to like act towards, which yeah. is exciting. Yeah, it was really fun for him to do. Lots of poses in this fight footage. This is an episode mostly about posing, posing and fruit. Yeah, it's just your standard, standard episode. And cougars, uh, but not that kind. Yeah. Anyway. And cougars. I've started watching with captions because sometimes I think I hear things and I have to know if they're real. Oh, yeah. And one of the captions in this episode just said karate yells. And we should have called the podcast karate yells. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well. Damn it. This one is probably my favorite of the four. Like, at least the plot kind of makes sense, even if it's weird that they went with pomangos and even if the mills are creepy. The whole, like, there are two heads. They work really well together, so that makes them very strong. If we can do something to make them fight each other, we'll be able to beat them, no problem. Oh, let's tempt them with their fruit. Like, all of that makes sense, and it all flows. And, like, there's, like, one moment where it's, like, oh, we have to go head off the putties, but then they just send more putties, which is, like, stupid, but, like, it's stupid in a, like, very acceptable way. I think... We are moving towards the realm of logic in this episode. Yeah, I mean, this feels very standard. I think the only way they could have, like, really improved upon it is if for some reason, like, Jason... Remember how sometimes Jason and Tommy don't work well together? I don't know. Yes. Like Yes, but they're just, like, the best of friends in this Right. One. But it would have been a good time. Like, this would have been a perfect frame for them to, like, have a disagreement about how to teach the MILFs, and then they have to work yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> How to teach the milk. Uh, when they get in the Megazord, Kimberly says, Polly want a Megazord, which is funny, and yeah. they should do more of that. Yeah, more of that stuff. They're they're going to. They're getting they're figuring it out. They're like, oh wait, we can do kind of fun things. There's an absolutely bonkers line right before they defeat the monster where Jason goes, We have no choice. We have to blast it with the Ultra Sword. Like, what was your other option? Like letting it go. Yeah, like what, what what are you talking about? We have no choice. When have you ever chosen to do something besides what you're doing right now? Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's all weird. I don't know, man. The the thing there's really the main thing here is that this episode feels like a good logically sound episode. This is like where the show needs to live. Yeah. Like it's fun, it's stupid, it's campy, there's something awkward to grab onto. The plot basically makes sense. The monster's cool looking. Vulcan's go do not this is not how you teach a self-defense class. No. You do not let people beat up each other i think that jason and tommy are assholes but other than that good times i had a good ride this is like what i want from this era 
I hope we're moving more towards this for the last eight episodes. I think we are. I think they're finding their footing. I have the least notes for this episode. My only other note was that I loved Kimberly's outfit in the beginning because it was like a skirt and boots, whatever. And I also like her beret later. But like it was just solid and good. And like I feel like if we keep this thread, then we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, for several episodes, feeling like there was no logic in the world. Mm-hmm. I felt at least like grounded in this episode, able to have fun with this episode. Tommy was there with the gang. It was just, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Natalie, who was your favorite ranger in these episodes? Uh, my favorite, I think, you know, Tommy is an obvious choice, but to be contrarian, I'm going to say Trini. It's a great Trini. Yeah. 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 She's really good. She's really solid. What about you? Yeah. She just holds in. I'll go ahead and say Tommy. Okay, like I, I, I can't like... When I was younger, I was such a, like, avant-garde cool kid. Like, oh, Tommy, everyone likes Tommy. But, like, as an adult, when I no longer feel the need to be cool by being different, I'm like, nah, he's just really good in this show. Yeah, he's just really Like, good. not good at acting. Not an interesting character. Just, like, compulsively watchable. Yeah, just, like, perfect for this. Like, truly. And that's why it's great, yeah. I'm glad he's back. And I'm glad we're going to be spending some more time with Tommy because we have decided on our season two after much fanfare. And maybe after much fanfare, we've made a boring choice. But (laughs) we will be proceeding on chronologically for now. That's not to say we will do that for season three, but our season two of our show will be Die Ranger and Mighty Morphin Power Ranger season two. We really want to talk about the White Ranger and the cast switch around and all that stuff. And I think it'll be interesting to kind of look at a Sentai season that doesn't exactly try to be an adaptation. I think there'll be some cool stuff to talk about in there. We may do some different format stuff. We may do Sentai episodes and Power Ranger episodes since they aren't direct adaptations. We'll figure it out. But like, we're really excited to get into this stuff and we appreciate everyone's perspective and opinions on it. I'm sorry, I'm just not ready to talk about SPD yet. Yeah, I don't think either of us are in the headspace for that one. But maybe someday, maybe. Someday, someday. I We know it's beloved. Yeah. We know that people want to see it and yeah. it is definitely on our list. The other good thing is that we will be able to continue to have people watch along with us through the same methods. Mighty Worm Power New Season 2 is on Netflix. Die Ranger is on Shout Factory. Mm-hmm. It So it'll be, it's the best thing for our show and that will be starting uh, pretty soon here because we are almost done with season one. Uh, crazy to think about. Crazy to think about that we've been doing this so much that we're almost done with season one. Crazy. Yes, crazy and we're so happy to have you along so with much. us rate and review the show please it really helps people find us let us know what you think in a more specific way at teachmesentai at gmail.com or by tweeting at us at teachmesentai on our instagram or tumblr teachmesentai there we love interacting with y'all it's really fun to see people enjoying our show and enjoying power rangers as well and you know like find a cool milf self-defense class <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, let's rein it in. John, if you were going to get a morpher today, what color ranger would you be? It's blue, baby. I am all blue. I, it, it, blue, blue, blue. What kind of blue? Though? The thing is, like, the aesthetic is neither cool blue ranger nor, like, comic relief blue ranger. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, very ordinary <laughs> in the, 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 the garb. I guess it's more towards comic relief blue ranger. Right. Maybe more in the Billy realm, but, like, it, it's blue. What about you? I'm a green ranger. I'm a dark green ranger so i think maybe i'm a sixth ranger like an emerald ranger yeah that'd be a cool they should have an emerald ranger has there been an emerald ranger i don't think so i don't think so well ninja storm i think it's the closest we get but that's more of a kelly green oh yeah yeah and i think it's just the samurai ranger anyway good ranger that ninja storm Mm -hmm. ranger but yes (laughs) cool let us know what you are and until our next episode um may the power protect you bye
Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.